podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au. Hey, my dudes, welcome back. As you probably know, you are tuned into the Finance Burrito. My name is Liv G, and this is where me and my finance journal colleague from comparison site mozo.com.au, Tom Watson, chat about all the personal finance news and hot topics. But things are a little different this week, Tom, aren't they? Hello, Liv. Yes, hey. they are different. So as all of our dedicated listeners of the uh, the past few months will know, we've been mm-hmm. wrapping together some of the big and weird and wacky headlines in finance for our episodes each week. But now we're back with a brand new deep dive season, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll be bringing to you every fortnight. Uh, last time we looked at sustainable and ethical banking and finance, but this time it's all about the digital finance revolution. From cashlessness to crypto. Let's get digital, digital. Yeah, so it's going to exclusively be a season about banking robots singing Olivia Newton-John songs, <laughs> which is just going to be great, I think. Yeah. But yeah, nah, no, look, I'll get serious now. Um, so over the next couple of months, we're going to dig into a bunch of topics that explores how sort of the shift towards digitizing our finances will impact our everyday Aussies and how they save and spend their money. And um, as our fabulous new jingle highlighted, our very first topic is about cashlessness. Yes, cashlessness. It is a, a you know a mouthful. So yeah, you know many why S's. Are, why are we talking about it? Well, for me at least, cash is you know beginning to feel a, a bit retro. I guess yeah, given old that school. almost everything is going digital, um, at least in my life. So can we expect coins and notes to disappear in our lifetimes? That's the question. Mm. Um, should I just get us rolling with a few stats just yes. as we want to do? Okay, cool. You love your so, stats. Uh, yeah, I like to take the scene with some stats. So here we go. Um, according to the Reserve Bank's 2019 Consumer Payment Survey, cash use has dropped dramatically in the space of just a decade. So uh, cash has gone from being the dominant form of payments to accounting for less than a quarter of transactions, which is a pretty massive drop. In yeah, like over our small adult time life. Rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. so since we were in, you know, I guess high school, uni, um, to now, it's really changed. Um, totally. Contactless card transactions account for what is now a record 50% of in-person sales, um, and only one in five people hold any cash at all. Um, and 40% of those people say that they hold no cash outside their wallets, which is right. pretty interesting. And I feel like I'm one of those people. I do not carry cash. Do you? Yeah. I, uh, on occasion, I will because I find I need it for some random thing, like if an FPOS machine goes out or I'm like going to a market and I want to buy like a secondhand thing and they only take cash because people like selling off their clothes. So I, that just that's a me thing to classic live out Yeah, in. that makes sense. Yeah, they're definitely still places where you need it. I feel like yeah. my hairdressers like one of those. They love Yeah, cash. that kind of stuff. And so I'll often just get a big chunk because I don't, I couldn't be bothered going to the ATM very often. So I end up having it in my, one of the people that just has it in their wallet for big, a while. Big chunky wallet full of $100 bills, I bet. Yeah, and so I can like splash cash cash over the bed just like shoot out the the hundred dollar bills bills baby um love it but but anyway so 2019 feels like a while ago right that's when that uh report came out it does yeah so then uh from a more recent report looking back at 
uh, the last year, looking back at 2020, um, the RBA found that COVID pushed down use even further, as you might imagine, mm. as shoppers, you know, moved online and sort of stuck to tap and go purchases to um to reduce exposure to the virus. I remember that being a huge thing. Yeah, like cafes... businesses were encouraging it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like especially cafes were like, please just can you not use cash? Like, right. yep. yeah. That was the time, and then um, I think that's I think it was July or mid mid twenty twenty. Um, authorities even paused the production of five and ten dollar notes um, because these are the most uh, commonly ones common ones used for smaller purchases, mm. and like that just wasn't happening as much anymore. So they were just like, "Stop the presses! We've got <laughs> we've got too many of these." Um, <laughs> and then, as well as like all these sort of buying habits changing, as you might imagine, as we talked about, ATM withdrawal, withdrawals reduced. They were halved last year. Makes and, sense. Um, yeah, so now in, in 2021, they're still down 20% on pre-pandemic levels. So people are still not taking out as much cash from the ATMs by a fair bit. Um, so yeah, well, COVID may have sort of pushed us further into this sort of trend toward a, towards a cash-free lifestyle i reckon we've sort of definitely been edging towards it and it kind of just went and took it that step to further. a next level for yeah, sure so, so it'll be interesting to see yeah what um what the next year or two brings so weirdly having said that yeah it turns out that some australians have actually been increasingly hoarding cash as well yeah, just a so, total flip so while you know as i said cash use has dropped over the past decade um the amount being held by some skyrocketed by 17 percent in 2020 mm. during so held, covid held but not spent exactly um yeah. so much so that the rba the reserve bank um had to open its contingency distribution twice last year to get 50 and 100 notes out to banks um, who right. were asking for them so people uh, wanted the big boys yeah, for some reason. Um, mm. We'll go into that in a second. Um, according to uh, the RBA's 2021 investigation, um, there are 17 $100 notes per person in circulation in Australia. Um, and by comparison, that number is only five per person in New Zealand, which I thought was pretty interesting too. So yeah. we're definitely carrying a lot of those big notes on us. Yeah, we're just like, just, just for like the pics with our with all of our jewellery and shit, just being like, yeah, hey, big spender. You've got to keep it on you, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we're not spending it, so not hey, big spender. And if we're not spending it, where's the money at, right? Because cash mm. transactions are decreasing while so a demand for some notes are increasing. So um, the RBA found uh, a f they sort of like looked at a, a few places where they reckon the, the notes themselves they think are. They are. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a bit of uh, guesstimation, a bit of, um, in, you know, looking at average trends over where these things have happened in the past. And I reckon 5 to 10% of notes are lost, which is, wow. to me, I'm like, that's quite a lot. Like just blowing <laughs> around on the ground somewhere or stuck yeah. to pavements. Who's losing all the money? I personally have only ever found a $20 note is my best one on the ground. So oh, that's pretty good. Lost is not good. Um, and then 15% uh, kept overseas, which kind of makes sense if you're traveling here or you like maybe you're a dual national and you have some Aussie cash mm -hmm. while you're living overseas or traveling overseas. And then just a few percent, a few is a weird number. It's the only number I could find in this, <laughs> in, the, um, in the report as far as I could read, um, is used to store the profits from crime. Ooh. So 
straight yeah you would be like oh yeah criminals using everything in cash they have like warehouses full of it but it's actually more so that criminals are converting a large share of their cash profits into other assets that they aren't holding on to their cash they're like moving it around buying shit you know other stuff yeah they the criminals have got this covered they're not holding on to their cash (laughs) so where's the rest of it then so maybe as much as 70 percent, which is what is remaining um, is people hoarding cash. So just keeping Ooh. it in there, not in their hot little hands, but in their hot little, mattresses. you know, mattresses, cupboards, uh, sh- shoe boxes, etc. And um, the RBA reckons uh, a big part of this is uh, tax avoidance, tax mm. evasion, which is, you know, not a great thing to do, not a legal thing to do, um, as well as avoiding asset tests for the age pension and that's when so to get the whatever level of the age pension you get the government looks at um how how many how how much money you have what assets like a house car blah 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 you Mm. own to determine how much you get for for the age pension that's given out what is it monthly i don't anyway the age pension you get and interestingly so new zealand who assumingly isn't hoarding as much cash because they have like a 30th amount of these notes in circulation they don't have asset tests for the age pension like we do. So it's like, oh, okay. So that makes sense. That's why. Yeah, maybe. Part okay. of it. Lots of lots of layers, lots of confusion about this cash There business. are. It's, it's a <laughs> bit of a conundrum. So we're going to continue the episode by bringing in an expert. Well, mm-hmm. kind of an expert. Someone that knows more than we do, which is <laughs> Mozo's senior research analyst, Mitch Pollard. So Mitch joined us on the pod at the end of last year for anyone who remembers that episode. Um, He clearly cannot get enough of us, uh, which is not surprising. (laughs) Um, So Mitch, pretending that we haven't seen you in the office or chatted online all year, uh, which we definitely have, um, how's the last six months been? Yeah, I'm good, good. I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's it's been great. It's great to have you here. Your beard's looking wonderful. (laughs) Had a haircut. You know, you're splashing that cash that you hoarded during COVID, obviously. Yeah. With more beard comes more wisdom. So we've invited you back. (laughs) So, thanks for the compliment. Yeah, what do you what do you make of people hoarding physical cash during COVID? What's what's the deal from your wise and bearded perspective? (laughs) <laughs> you too. Uh, so yeah, looking back on March last year, it was obviously a much different time. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty. We saw people mm-hmm. reacting very differently. You know, there was just a wide gamut of you know ways people were reacting. Um, some people were you know joining the throngs in the supermarket fighting for toilet paper. Oh yeah, I remember that. What a time! Uh, and I always thought it was a good idea to run to the bank and we bore a stack of cash. Um, you for know, a we different back purpose on- though, right? Yeah, for a different purpose, exactly. Not for both paper, paper. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and what you know, we can look back on that now and say, you know, that might be a little irrational, a little crazy, but it probably seemed like a prudent idea at the time. Sure. Um, yeah. So you know, it's twelve months to more later. You know, outlook's looking a lot more rosier here, and you know, internationally, um, we're probably seeing some of that amount of cash that people held on, you know, during COVID kind of dwindling down. Um, according to the RBAs we you guys were discussing, there's still a lot of it out there. Yeah, totally. And on the people withdrawing cash, like in large amounts because they're freaking out, is that sort of just from people going, oh, there's a crisis looking around the world when crises have happened before, anything could happen. Banks could yeah. implode. Definitely. I think it's people, you know, planning for any eventuality and just having cash on hand is is not a bad idea. 
yeah, it makes you feel a little bit safer. But if you have a huge amount of cash on hand, <laughs> um, what are what are some of the sort of the main problems with with holding on to that cash? Would you say? So, so you you touched on it earlier. With there's you know like five to ten percent of notes get lost at some mm. point. So that's you know that's a major risk. There's also you know not just lost but damaged um, and potentially stolen from you. Say if it's in your house and you have you know a, a bottom drawer somewhere with a stack of cash in it, there's mm-hmm. always a chance that you know goes missing during a robbery. Um, and don't tell anyone where it is. Don't tell your friends because they exactly. could rob you. <laughs> well, maybe you do because then you have a mash uh, a mattress full of cash, and then I don't know you pass away or something, and your family like True. throws out twenty k in no a one, mattress. No one knows where your gold is buried. Only tell, yeah, exactly. Only tell yeah, and your, I'm gonna your, bring your up family. my. My favourite it, 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 about insurance, because I love a little bit of insurance, I write about it occasionally, and it's that in all of these policy documents I look through for home and contents insurance policies for protecting your house and belongings, there's usually like a really tight cap on how much is covered for cash. So it's like up to $500 or up to $1,000 and then like you're not insured for anything above that, right? So that's kind of dangerous because it's like, I swear I had 20 grand, but there's no way to prove it. Yeah, that's not a whole heap kind of thinking about how much people might have in their homes potentially. Yeah, and you might have like, whereas those other policies will have like $5,000 covered for jewellery. You're like, that's a lot of jewellery, but um, yeah, the cash, not so much. And then, Mitch, I suppose there's also inflation, which I'm sure I never quite understand (laughs) deep down. Yeah, so if you have a you know a stack of cash sitting in a vault anyway, it's it's not growing in value. If you pull out ten thousand dollars in ten years' time, it's still going to be ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, saving rates are obviously really low right now, but even as as low as they are, they're still you know slowly your cash is still slowly increasing in value. Yeah, it's covering your lunch money. Exactly, you know. Um, so if you have a store of cash, you're not you're not matching inflation. Um, so yeah, that's a potential risk that. You know the real dollar value of that that money is actually decreasing, even if it you know stays the same. Mm-hmm. So, Mitch, I guess with all that in mind, should we talk about some of the benefits of going cashless? Um, to I guess to individuals and then as a society as a whole. So, what are kind of yeah, what are what are the, some of those benefits that we can look forward to in the future and now? I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, convenience is is obviously key with this. Um, you know, you can do everything with your smartphone or just a regular, you know, card that's, you know, pay, tap card. Um, you can take all the data, all the stuff you're spending, track it all, put in a spreadsheet, put in a in an app or a website. You love a good like, spreadsheet, Mitch. Oh, I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> so it makes it a lot easier than tallying every single yeah. purchase you've made and cash and writing a little yeah. note or putting in a ledger or something like that because it's all, like, automated, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I guess for society or for business, um, you know, it decreases risk for businesses a lot of the time, you know, dealing with cash, um, you know, they don't have to run it to the bank at the end of the day. They don't mm. have to rely on a staff member counting on it. You know, it's, it's much harder to fudge the records um, without cash, you know. But you guys were both in HOSPO, right? Like, yeah. did you ever do a run to the bank or we have were, that responsibility? We were reminiscing about this and the, the counting of the float when you work in a cafe mm. or restaurant. See, I wasn't aware of this float. Yeah, and I was Maybe. like, you, you, you noob, you high society non-float counter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just counting out like the $200, $300 in change that you have to keep at a, at a restaurant and then just like, yeah, they just keep that on site and then you walk 
whatever the day's makings are to the bank at the end of the day or at the end of the week or you keep that somewhere on site as well. When you think about that, it could be like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I remember as a teenager, like my boss was on holiday and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm managing the cafe and I would like walk that to the bank and I could have just stolen it. It was in a brown paper bag. That was oh, that's amazing. Did it have a big dollar sign on it as well? No, it just looked like a oh. lunch order for the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mum's giving you like 500 bucks for your chicken nuggets. On, yeah, uh, just Friday, really good Friday chicken lunch. nuggets. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is weird to think about now. It's been a while since I worked in, in any a kind of a cash business. But, um, yeah, sort of a little bit a little bit scary. But the other one other thing I thought about was like travel. If we ever travel internationally again, I can remember like getting – currency out before leaving in readiness to go overseas and now it's like oh no every card and whatever like will allow you to to do that like real-time currency conversions and that kind of stuff yeah unless you're going somewhere unless you're going to you know somewhere that doesn't have such a high penetration of you know cash um, cash machines and um you know debit terminals but yeah yeah totally I went to um, Mongolia. I'm just showing how well traveled I am. <laughs> I went to Mongolia a few years ago. No, and it was um, it was really cool. But it's like a huge cash society, and because the the value of the notes are so low, like I think the smallest note is a twentieth of a cent in that in that um in that currency that you'd have to like to pay for something big. You'd have to like to rent a car. You'd have to clean out ATMs, and it'll be like this ATM is empty now of cash. And so you got like these fat stacks to just pay for everyday stuff. It was super wow, weird. that's so different. Yeah, yeah, totally different. And, I mean, that was a while ago too, so who knows. But um, cash is still around, obviously. So there's um, got to be some problems associated with getting rid of it completely, right? So now we've sort of looked at, you know, some of the good things about going cashless. What are the big cons, do you reckon, Mitch, of cashlessness? So I think the obvious one here is what happens if there's a power or a network outage mm-hmm. for, you know, the, the, the terminals um, and no one can pay for anything or process anything, process anything. Personally, like Tom, I rarely pay for anything with cash, but I always have like a $50 note tucked behind one of my cards, you know, just <laughs> to cover those those uh, crazy expenses. You but, guys are uh, prepared. Cur- I'm totally not prepared for that, but you're right. Those, <laughs> those have happened. It's like they happen quite often, right, from banks. And then I remember like Woolies and Coles are sometimes down. So it's definitely something that has occurred and will probably keep occurring. Yeah, just every so often. And it also just makes me feel like like a little bit, like there's a reason for carrying my wallet around because it's pretty and I want to use it. <laughs> that is true. You've got to justify that. So, Mitch, like I'm a little bit thinking about privacy. Is I guess that's something that's going to be more of a problem for people, right? If every transaction is going to be recorded digitally, you know, there's not that same kind of like anonymity that comes with cash. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like every every transaction you made is you can assume it's being tracked by someone or something, mm. you know, whether that's your own bank for, you know, that you kind of um, simple transaction history or supermarket chain, you know, log in your purchase habits, you know, so mm. they can build their own, you know, customer insights to know, you know, what they need to stock. Um, so to, to, to kind of counter that cash exists as the ultimate privacy mm. tool for mm. um, keeping what you spend your money on your own business. If you don't want to have like ads tailored at you constantly or pay for a VPN, whatever, I guess, yeah, potentially. I guess cash is the way. And I think probably something a bit more anecdotal. I find it's easier to overspend when I am paying on my card because I 
I don't like I don't think about the amount because I can't I can't look at it in my hand and go there goes away the money is there like any evidence that that's true or is that just me being weird I think I think many people would agree with you on that I've also personally I'm the opposite if I have cash in my hand you know not that folded $50 note but you know loose change Mm. I feel like I want to get rid of it I feel Ah. like I want to be unencumbered by it true uh so I'm more likely to spend if I have, you know, loose cash on hand. Yeah, especially coins because they just kind of get a bit heavy, just a bit annoying. Um, Too jingly. Yeah. And then on a less uh, less jingly note, um, there's the um, kind of really important point that there are a lot of vulnerable, vulnerable people that mm. often rely on cash. So this might be people trying to escape domestic violence or other circumstances where financial control is involved and they often rely on crap being able to, like, save up cash to be able to get out of those situations and 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 better better take care of themselves so in that situation what sort of what, what will happen to those people who, if they are unable to do that if we are or if would that be a possibility that they would just not be able to get out of those circumstances if everything's digital and everyone's watching yeah it's something we should the def, the government should you know definitely consider when kind yeah. of formulating these plans it's always the um you know, those marginalised in society that, you know, suffer the most from these kind of technological changes. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something that should be, you know, considered carefully. Um, yeah, maybe like new kind of support programs. And then I was also thinking yeah. like you need a lot of ID and information to sign up to stuff and there are people who yeah. are like experiencing homelessness or just don't have like a, a driver's a driver's license or, or a, a phone man like if we're gonna phone. go like full digital and you know only rely on google pay and apple pay and whatnot like the phones are expensive right yeah yeah, like, yeah totally and i just think yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole new layer of things that people might get left behind on for either not having the means or not having the skills with technology to keep up so i think it's gonna be really interesting to see yeah, if 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 the whole world is included in the the revolutions to come, mm. or if it, people will be left behind, and I think also as a bit of a side note, which is one that I never quite understand when we're talking about this stuff in terms of of spending, is that Mitch, why are there companies that still only take cash or have like a minimum spend on FPOS, like sometimes cafes or like like two dollar stores or places like that? They'll be like five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, so it comes down to the cost for the merchant. It's not free for them to accept card payments. Um, and often the fees that are charged to accept those little payments, you know, the less than $5 kind of outweigh the cost for them to accept that payment um, and it really eats in their profit margin. So some of them, you know, look to avoid those those regular right. small transactions so and trying to keep those on the cash. They're being charged like a, like a set amount for each time they take a, a payment via Visa or like MasterCard, basically. Yeah, or, yeah, that's there's, there's a there's a flat rate and then there's often a percentage as well, and it differs from you know merchant to merchant and yeah. you know, payment network to payment network, and it's all you know negotiated on a case by case basis. So it's yeah, yeah, and it kind of sounds <laughs> quite complicated and annoying, and you wouldn't want oh, to have absolutely. to do the do the maths every time. So it kind of makes sense, I guess. So. Yeah, maybe we'll see them around for for a bit longer, some limits and whatnot. So, so I guess everything that we've talked about so far is pointing in the direction that we are steadily going more cashless. But I guess the, the final question, Mitch, is that could Australia go completely cashless? And, you know, if so, when? 
Um, well, the RBA highlight report you highlighted earlier um, had a note in there that they think you could do it within two years. But, you know, remember this was back in 2019. So, so we're there. You know, we're here. We're cashless. <laughs> yeah. But the goal. The goalposts have moved, you know, 2020 happened. So, you know, everything got delayed by a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting thought experiment to see, you know, what, what would happen if we went totally um, cashless. Um, and I think, you know, there's also a point of, you know, maybe we should try to go coinlessness first. You know? Oh, We're, you're a vendetta against coins. You've talked about this yeah. before. So you think that's that could be a possibility just to, as a way to kind of get rid of one type of the, the physical cash that we have? Yeah, it could be. I, you know, I'm just speculating here, but you know, we've already gotten rid of, um, you know, one and two cent coins. You know, thirty odd years ago, maybe we're going to get rid of lower mm. denomination coins. You know, building on that kind of idea, slow and, and steady. You, you know, you bring it down, you get rid of the five dollar note, the ten dollar note. You know, before mm. you know it, you just have fifties and hundreds left. And inflation kind of takes care of that a little bit as well, right? As yeah, the cost of sure. things get more expensive over time, there's going to be less you know, items that you can purchase for five cents. So no more yeah. Bambinos or Ghost Drops or God knows <gasps> what you can buy for five cents anymore. Remember Ghost Drops? They were great. They were great, yeah. <laughs> I remember finding a two-cent coin in my schoolyard and I went to the tuck shop and I said, what can I get with this? And I think they gave me one red frog. Oh, that's so nice. That I is generous. That. Couldn't do they that were- anymore. It was pretty much for free then because it wouldn't have it wouldn't have counted as legal tender. But, exactly, um, they rounded down to zero on that. How cute. But speaking of legal tender because on that note of like talking about merchants that will accept certain kinds of payments I feel like on the odd occasion I've been behind someone in line that's like maybe having a strop about the fact that during COVID they like couldn't pay in cash and they were kind of being like oh no it's legal tender you're legally obliged to take my money is it is it legal to that uh that businesses have to take cash and every kind of card and all that Mitch or is it a bit of a myth yeah, it's a bit of a myth, bit of a misconception. Um, there's no legal requirement in Australia for merchants to accept cash. There is some, you know, technical stuff over. It has to be Australian currency, yeah. unless <laughs> otherwise, you know, agreed by both parties. But yeah, there's no legal requirement to accept cash in Australia. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because it's like, like we discussed, there's the FPOS merchant costs for small purchases, and then, yeah. and maybe as we discussed earlier. A little bit of a little bit of tax evasion. Maybe you want to take everything in cash. I don't know. It's not necessarily the right thing, but it's uh, it's your choice as a business if that's what you want to do. So, what's the bottom line? So, Mitch, at the end of all of these chats, we always try and ask ourselves what it means. <laughs> Sometimes we get a bit lost. So, what's sort of your key takeaway? What's the bottom line for you on all this cashlessness talk? Yeah, the most surprising thing for me, you know, looking to our cash ha- habits in Australia is the kind of wacky situation that's been, you know, partly caused by COVID where Australians have never had so much cash on hand but have never spent so little of it. And, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how that changes over the coming years as, you know, more research and data is is offered from the RBA and, you know, the government as a whole. Yeah. Let's just kind of push things on even further whether we're going to revert a little bit. Yeah, and what we're all going to do with our stashes of $2 coins in buckets, Mm. which I I may have one of. (laughs) Guilty as well. Yeah, it's just it feels like treasure. Um, (laughs) For me, I think there's also that idea that, like, any technological development happens in, like, tiny, tiny, incy-wincy baby steps because there's always going to be groups of people, a generation or in perpetuity, 
who really like rely on the precursor to a new product or service or like don't have the means or the ability to access new technology and new services. So basically for me, the biggest, the biggest thought from all of this is for the government, people in positions of power to sort of make it a slow and steady transmission, transmission, transition when it does happen so that, yeah, people don't get left behind. But uh, what about you, Tom? No, I totally agree with your point, Liv. And I think uh, in that respect, we could probably learn a bit from the countries who are, you know, maybe a wee bit ahead of us on the mm, road to cashlessness, yeah. like Sweden and China, for example, both um, pretty kind of uh, cashless societies. Um, and they both had problems um, kind of making this, um, you know, a normal thing for elderly and vulnerable groups. There's been no kind of clear solution to that and to how to um, kind of wean uh, people off cash and to make it easier for people who rely on it to um, to be able to, you know, go about their everyday lives. So, yeah, interested yeah. to see what happens with that in the future. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just sort of sit back and and watch how, how the rest of the world exactly. comes out and then take lessons. But um, I think for now we've learned a lot of lessons in this uh, return to our unwrapped series. So I think it's probably time to call it a day on cash or lack thereof and uh, maybe revisit it yet another couple of years when the RBA has more stats out around it, like you said, Mitch. So maybe we'll we'll invite you back then for another chat. <laughs> See you in a few years. <laughs> 2023 put it in your calendar (laughs) um you won't have to wait uh for us uh you know to hear from us again at least not for three years because we're going to be back in your news sorry in your podcast feeds i should say um (laughs) with the latest uh finance news episode of the finance burrito so uh you know we'll uh, we'll look forward to hearing you in a couple of weeks uh oh sorry next week i should say and then the week (laughs) after for our next episode of our digital series. So lots to look forward to. Yeah, just more and more to come. But if you can't get enough, still have a gander at our social channels for more Finance Burrito fun and some hilarious and or adorable (laughs) Instagram reels and TikTok videos. We're trying a few different fun things. The embarrassment level is high for me and Tom occasionally, but I personally am am loving it. It's very fresh and new experience. I am too, from a distance. So, you know, thanks to uh, (laughs) to the guys for doing that. Um, (laughs) And of course, a big thank you to you, Mitch, for, uh, you know, for educating and for entertaining us today, for joining us. I hope you had a really good time awesome and a big shout out to the full burrito team um our producer claire our social media lead rihanna and our researcher ella couldn't do it without you guys so thank you so much and to everyone listening we'll see you next week yeah cheers y'all catch you later bye Just remember, as Mozo writers, we're providing general financial product information. So we're not taking into account your specific financial situation, needs, or personal objectives. We are not recommending any specific product to you. The best advice we can give is for you to make your own financial decisions and seek out independent advice. This podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au.